Welcome back to another episode of the Ozone Podcast, the voice of magic fans in the virtual studio. Today we have Justin. Yo. Al. Yo. Myself, Anthony. And today we got a special guest from the Sixth Man Show, Jonathan Osborne. What's up, man? What's up, fellas? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, man. Glad to have you. Glad to have you on. If you're hearing this today, this means that this um, episode is being recorded one day after our first NBA preseason of the brand new season. And I think that, you know, it, it might be a good idea if we just jump right into it. Magic played last night against the Atlanta Hawks. And the Magic got a win of 116 and 112 in the preseason opener. Qu- quickly, man, what are, what are your thoughts on, on the game last night? What did you guys see? Um, I, I don't know how you guys usually do this, so I'm just going to kind of jump in. It seems pretty free-flowing. First of all, I love the Santa hat. I, I don't know if you guys are listening. You, you might not be able to see uh, Anthony's Santa hat, but it's fire. Um, but no, I, I mean, typical preseason game, you know what I mean? Um, you try not to draw too much from it. Uh, I thought we saw some really good things. We saw some bad things. Um, I think with Atlanta, I mean, it's preseason, so I'm not trying to get concerned, but I'm the kind that I kind of overreact to everything. You guys might know that about me. But um, it's just kind of concerning. Like, they, they haven't played together really at all, um, but we're still in that game. And I think that it just kind of shows us what we're going to see throughout the regular season is how talented that team is, how quickly they can score, and how quickly they can erase a deficit. But definitely saw a lot of good things from, you know, the, the rookies, from the vets, some good, some bad, looking at UMCW. But uh, nah, I, overall, I thought it was, it, was, uh, it was fun to watch at least. Yeah, same thing here. I mean, it was a typical preseason game. Uh, but one thing that I did like about the Magic that was a little bit different, the pace of the game that they played with, it was really, really uh, different than last year. I felt like they were really making an effort to push the pace. And just the way that we came out of the gate, like we did not, we looked like a team that has been together for a while. Um, and that was fun to see. Last year, we didn't see that, even though we expected it because it was the same team from the year before. This year, it seemed like consistency in, in our roster really made a difference. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. I mean, the, I think the, the continuity really speaks for itself. You know, like you were saying, Al, like right out of the gate, you could tell that this is a team that's played together for a while because at this point they, they have, you know, for the most part. Um, you know, Aaron Gordon especially looked really, really good in that, that first half, sat out the second half. But, you know, he had the, a nice three ball, like right out of the gate, had a huge putback jam. So it was like, all right, is this the year that Aaron is going to take the leap? But then it's like, I'm just telling myself, like, stay calm. Don't believe it. Don't, don't, you know, fall back in love. You know, your ex comes back and, oh, I'm, I've changed and everything's great. So it's like we got to kind of wait and see what's going to happen with Aaron. But, no, I, I definitely agree with you. They look really good right out of the break. I think that's one of the things I love most about the preseason is that everything is overreaction. We got one game and then you have maybe about 10 to 25 minutes of time for each of these players. So off the back, I'm already saying Bacon was is going to be the steal of free oh agency. Gosh, absolutely. <laughs> Aaron Gordon got like 20 pounds stronger, and, and he's pushing people out of the way. So it, it was really fun. The fro, the fro is doing it. Um, Evan Fournier is looking like it's a contract year, or or is it? Yeah, it's a contract year, so he's he's trying to earn his money. So I think overall our, our starting unit did a really good job. Obviously, it's going to be a little weird because we know that Bacon isn't going to be in the mix. But it gives me a lot of optimism that, you know, maybe Bacon in that second unit is going to do really well with uh, the Terrence Rosses and the Mo Bambas and, and the rookies that we have coming in. 
Yeah, I think, um, you know, it really speaks to the depth of this team, at least. And again, we're trying not to overreact here. I don't think I don't want to say that five million times, but it is what it is. We've got one game in the last four months, so we want to chop it up. Right. But when you look at, you know, Dwayne Bacon, he looked great last night. Started, I think, like five for five, had it all going, had the mid range jump shot going, going to the, you know, the rim, everything like that. But like you just said, we're probably not going to see him in the in the rotation. Like once once Ross comes back. Uh, you know, once Al Farouk Aminu is back, James Ennis, probably not going to see a lot of Dwayne Bacon. Same thing with, with Gary Clark, who I think um, out of everybody, Clark was like the, the least mentionable last night. Right. right. Um, but again, a guy who's probably going to be your 13th man. But um, but yeah, I, I think it just really speaks to the depth of this team that everybody got in there and everybody kind of had their moment last night. Some guys had good moments. Some people had, you know, more bad moments than others. But you could kind of see um, kind of in a, in a flash, like, what everybody is going to give this team. Like, you saw it with Chuma, knocked down a couple of shots. You saw it with Cole, um, you know, got to the rim a couple of times. Um, you know, looked really good. Didn't always finish. But um, his ability just to, to get there to create that opportunity for himself. And, um, and again, you know, Dwayne off the dribble and, and what he can bring offensively. So I'm, I'm really excited for the new guys. Yeah, I think it's, it's interesting because – you know, last year, well, the last two years, the criticism was that Cliff stuck to his rotations and wouldn't let, you know, the young players play and whatnot. Um, but I think if you look back at how he created the opportunity for MCW and made it a point to allow MCW to play even after his struggles, I think you're going to see a similar situation with Dwayne Bacon. Um, I don't know if I believe that he brought Dwayne to Orlando and made it, you know, a big deal or a big signing uh, just to have him ride the bench. I think if Dwayne Bacon continues to, you know, kind of show out during preseason, we could see a situation where he starts over James Ennis. And what what I like what I like most about the rookies I saw also, I think one of the things that really stood out to me was the fact that Cole Anthony is really, really confident. And then you had Chumo Kiki, who's the bipolar opposite. He's really, really nervous. Or he started off, obviously, it's his first game, hasn't played in a really, really long time. So I, I kind of expected it. He even mentioned it before in his um his his interviews that he was really nervous. But the fact that he was kind of playing really timid and still did as well, he exceeded my expectations, hit down a, a lot of um, big shots and even was confident, took it to the rim a couple times. So I, I think seeing them two, their first game in... I think even Cole Anthony's confidence was uh, an attribute of his nervousness as well. I think they're going to be all right. I'm really happy with everything I saw from the rookies. I was overreacting like crazy yesterday when I saw Kiki. He hit that corner three, and I was like, oh, my God, this guy's going to be a star. But, like, you know, it is a preseason game. I like uh, I like his athleticism. I think as the game progressed, he got uh, more confident, definitely more active on defense. Um, I liked when the young guys were on the court because you saw their need to run. I feel like this team has been slow and played in the half court for a long time. Uh, and it was just refreshing to see the young guys, you know, push the pace, run and be active. Now, out of everything that you saw yesterday, um, who would you say that you're most excited for in regards to our rookies? It, did anything that you see yesterday make you more excited for Cole or more excited for Okiki? Um, I don't I don't know. I'm kind of split on that I'm kind of 50 50 more of me feels like we kind of know what we're going to get from Cole right we obviously we've seen him you know most recently we kind of know where his health is at um I think last night a lot of it was nerves like some of the turnovers and some of the like the four shots that you saw the game has still got to you know slow down for Cole 
he's only had like what like four or five practices maybe like official practices with the team so like the the game definitely still needs to slow down for him and he'll get there um but you know i i'm excited to see what we get out of chuma like we you saw the shooting like the shooting is on display like he came out like ready to shoot the basketball right like yeah he you could definitely tell he was very nervous um in certain instances he wasn't really sure where he was supposed to be standing and things like that but um, Chuma, for me, is just kind of going to be like a wait and see. Like you saw most of like the second half, him sitting there with like the heat wrap on his on his left knee, you know, like that it, he tore the ACL to keep it warm so that when his number did get called, he was ready to go into the game and, and everything like that. Um, Cole, I think we're going to see his minutes ramped up a lot more quickly than we will with Chuma. Um, but I, I'm definitely still excited for both of those guys. Yeah, same, same thing here. I think you cannot go wrong with either one. I think um, the one guy, though, that, just it's pure excitement for me personally it's Cole. i think just his attitude his demeanor even after the game you know the things that he mentioned after the game he was ready to play and show that he is better than what he showed in that game um and he was not shy man like whenever he was open he shot the ball and not for nothing when those shots go in man it's all net so i'm excited to see how that shot develops as he gets more comfortable in the nba um and we need a guy like him one thing that impressed me a lot is the fact that clifford let markel and cole play together a little bit yesterday that's exciting because I think once those two figure it out, it's going to be really fun to watch on a nightly basis. And before you said who was I most excited for, um, when you said you asked me about the rookies, I, my brain immediately went to Markel because the jump shot definitely looks much better. It's not perfect. It's not where it was at, at Washington, at least not yet. Uh, but just his confidence and like his ability to just like pull up without any hesitation and and it does look a lot better and like two out of the three last night that he took, one went in and one like rolled out. So. Um, if, if that shot gets any into like the mid to high thirties, it's a wrap. Just ship the LOB to Orlando because Markel will get us there someday. Maybe not, but, um, Delhi has me excited. Yeah. And I, and I think that cause we had discussed it before in other episodes that uh, the best thing that could have happened for Markel Fultz is the fact that DJ Augustine is no longer on the roster. You got a rookie that's given, going to give him some backup minutes. So it, it's, it's really, it really is his show. And, you know, I tried my best to kind of take a look at um, his, his jump shot because Clifford had made the the comments that you know his shot is as it used to be. And I'm still I'm still seeing it look exactly the same, but it does look smoother. Like you you right. see it where it's he's connecting. It, it looks way more efficient. And again, the confidence hasn't hindered that uh, whatsoever. Now, one of the things that I love most is um, in, in regards to Cole Anthony, Josh Robbins had um, posted an article on The Athletic saying um, he had asked on a scale of 1 to 10, how does he feel um, his performance was? As a viewer, I, it, he had, in my opinion, he didn't have the greatest game and he evaluated himself, giving himself a, a 1 out of 10. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on a player, especially a rookie, being able to be honest with himself and honest to the public on his very first performance saying, hey, I didn't play that well, but I know that I didn't play that well, and I'm willing to do everything I can to to get the nerves out and, and get back to work and get better. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I watched a little bit of, of Cole at UNC. I'm a big UNC guy, So and, I, and to be perfectly honest, I was not that impressed with him, but I think a lot of it was the perception that a, a lot of people had of Cole coming out of high school like he was supposed to be like the next guy like on like the Kyrie you know level stuff like that right so 18 and a half points a game was inefficient at UNC but from draft night the one thing that I got really excited about 
was just him talking after the draft. Like he's ready to get in work. He loves basketball more than anything. And it's been evident since the moment that he got to Orlando that he loves basketball so much. He wants nothing more than to work and, and to become a better player. So I wasn't surprised to hear that in the slightest last night from Cole, um, that immediately he wants to you know watch film and, and get better like right now. You know what I mean? So that didn't surprise me at all. And that's everything that you want to hear out of a rookie that – he, uh, he didn't have a great game. He really didn't. But the, I, the, the fact that he's able to, to realize that and say, no, I have a lot that I need to get better at, I mean, can't go wrong from there. Yeah, I, I, like, I also like the fact that he, you know, his attitude and his demeanor kind of fit into that Clifford demeanor. I remember when Clifford first got uh, to Orlando and one of the first, you know, assessments that he made on the team was we're no longer going to celebrate moral victories, right? Like, oh, this guy did decent or improved slightly over his last game. We're looking for actual substantial change and, and, and wins. And I think Cole Anthony's attitude fits that. Um, and I, I like that attitude. I like the fact that, you know, for a long time, this team was complacent in how they approached the game. Um, and I think Cole Anthony has a desire to be one of the greats, and that's going to show through over time. Obviously, there's aspects of his game that he has to adjust to the speed of the NBA, the, you know, the strength of the guys that are guarding and defending him in the NBA. And those things will come with time. But the one thing that you can't teach is mentality. And I think that Cole Anthony has that. Right. Yeah. Cause he could have made excuses last night. He could have, Oh, it's just my first game. I'm a rookie. You know, it'll come to me. They didn't make any excuses. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's funny because, um, because he's so confident, it's, it's ironic that his favorite word is shoot and that's on and off the court. And it, it's not, it sounds like, you know he's he's a rookie that is going to be able to get it together, and I'm I'm honestly really really excited to see what we get from him. From what you saw last night, do you moving forward, you know, into the regular season, do you think uh, that the possibility of seeing Cole and Markel on the court at the same time is real, or do you think Cliff is going to stick to that? You know, Cole running the second unit. I mean, I always kind of run into a like a conflict of interest when it comes to Cliff because like what I want him to do isn't necessarily what he's going to do. And I'm right. kind of at the point now where like Cliff can do anything and I'm just not surprised. Like last <laughs> night we could have we could have found out that Gary Clark could have started at small forward or Michael Carter Williams or who any anybody, but it was Dwayne Bacon. I was like, oh, well, I mean, it makes sense, but like I, I just wasn't expecting that, right? So um, I think last night showed me that if the shooting with Markel is real, like if he can shoot like, you know, anywhere from like 33, 34% and up, right? I definitely think that they can play together and be effective. Now, whether or not that's actually going to happen with Cliff, in my opinion, is a completely different story. We just kind of have to wait and see, but I think they can and be efficient in doing so, yeah. I think Cliff, we, we know that Cliff is very, very patient with his with his process, whatever his long-term plan is. He's okay with it, taking some time. I, I can't see them starting anytime this season together um, pending injuries. I, I see him really filling in that DJ Augustine role and coming off the bench, but I do foresee them playing a lot of time on the floor, which in my opinion is probably the most important thing. He already right. experimented a little bit with that, and we saw that in yesterday's game. And I thought for the most part it, it went – you know, as well as it can be, Markel's still going to be the the primary ball handler, and you know he's his his name's going to be called when it gets called. But I I think eventually we will see it in the starting lineup. I mean, unless something crazy happens, like Evan Fournier gets traded, Justin, then uh, that's, the, <laughs> that's the only. I was going to ask him. I was going <laughs> to ask Mike. I'm glad you did. I don't see it happening in the starting lineup by by any means. But when you think about last year. 
there was a lot of times when DJ and, and Markel played together. Yeah. So I think we can definitely see that this year. Uh, again, I see Cole as that replacement 100% for DJ Augustine. Um, higher upside, big time for sure. But I think we'll see it a lot. And as the season goes on and Clifford's more confident in what Cole can do, I think we'll see it a lot more. So, And I'm ready for that. I think the whole fan base wants to see that lineup. And when you add in there, maybe a Mo Bamba or two Mo Kiki, along with those two young guys, even more. Um, but I think as the season goes on, we'll see it more and more. Yeah, definitely. And a quick note about Mo Bamba. I saw some of like the the press uh, photos, like you know, they're that um, like the photos where they took with like that blue lighting kind of on the side of them. Mo looks like he ate last year's Mo, and last year's Mo looked like he ate rookie year <laughs> Mo. So the conditioning is definitely it, it seems to be a ways off. Like Mo had that interview with Josh Robin, and yeah. it's like you know, Josh Robin's kind of got the scoop. Um, for, you know, when, when Mo kind of came out and told everybody that he had COVID, right? Like he came out and did that, you know, interview with, with Josh. So it seems like anytime Mo isn't really able to play, he's like, all right, let me go to Josh and just kind of let my voice be heard so people can know like what is going on from my perspective, which I actually really appreciate him doing that. Um, but he said, you know, like Cliff says I'm a ways away, but I think I'm, I'm pretty close. Looking at those photos, I'm like, dude, this guy, he's getting big which is a good thing. Like we all know that he needs to add the weight, but I, I was just, I saw that this morning. I was like, Oh man. All right, here we go. So we'll see. I mean, I, I think the, the, the difference that you can see is that, um, cause I, I was taking a look at the same pictures and I do see that his body looks a little like way more conditioned than when we saw when he added the 20, 30 pounds right. during the middle of the COVID. Um, so it's good to see that he, he's adding both of them because whether, whether you're a fan of Mo Bamba or not, um, I think that he is definitely important to the team and we need a player like him to back up Vucevic because I still have hopes and it might just be, you know, silly me, but I still have hopes that um, he, he can be what we expect him to be at one point to take over the mantle from Nikola Vucevic at one point in time. I think I'm, I think I'm, you know, and I, and I always get criticized for this, but I'm kind of done with Mo Bamba because I feel like, <clears throat> I feel like no matter how much his body grows or how, improved his conditioning is I think Mo Bamba's uh problem is more mental than physical right because even when he was small he was still bigger than most of the dudes he was playing against I think it's just his the way he processes the game and the way he is motivated by the game which is the problem in my opinion I think uh I think part of that is fair but I also feel like the injuries and his health since he's been in the league and the opportunity that he's been given hasn't really given him much chance to show otherwise. Like I definitely get like mm -hmm. the concerns. The thing that I don't understand from some people with Mo Bamba is like how badly they want him to suck and like how badly mm -hmm. they want him to fail. Like if you're a fan of this team, like we used a lottery pick on the kid, you, you right. want him to be good. You want him to have every opportunity to be good. And uh, yeah, so that's my, my two cents on, on Mo Bamba. And it's it's unfortunate because um, Mobamba isn't the only one that's dealing with injuries. We hit um, Terrence Ross obviously suffered an injury. James Ennis as well. Uh, we have to be leading the NBA with toe injuries in the preseason by far. Okay. Um, still no timetable on Aminu and and obviously Bamba. Um, I mean, I, we're hoping that these some of these injuries won't last past um, December twenty second when we when we start the season. But if that's the case, how confident are you with the team that we have now going into the season? I mean, if you ask Dominique Wilkins last night, like as soon as Jonathan Isaac comes back, we're going to be fine. <laughs> Which I don't know if he realizes it's going to be an entire year from now. You know what I mean? So a lot of people had issues with the with the broadcast team last night. I, I thought they were I thought they were okay. They weren't as bad as like Boston or 
or uh, or Miami. I can't I can't stand some of those telecasts. But no, um, I, I definitely pretty much like expect like Terrence has said like oh I can play through it, but like it's a it's a stress fra- it's like a hairline fracture in his in his toe. So like how much do you really want to mess with that? Like at some point you just want it to heal and and for the guy to be healthy. Uh, with with Ennis like we've heard it's like a toenail and then. Uh, yesterday it was like he got kicked in the calf or something like that. So I think those guys will be back, you know, relatively soon. Uh, talking about Mo and and you know Chief, those are the guys that we just don't really have a good idea of when they're going to be back. Um, I'm not overly confident, you know, as far as like our playoff prospects come this year, even if everyone is healthy. So if those guys are out for any significant amount of time, I think it definitely is going to hurt us. Uh, when you look specifically at like the the like the horizon you know the eastern conference you look at charlotte they got better atlanta got better washington got better so i think orlando is really going to end up fighting for like that ninth or tenth seed like trying to get into the playing game but you know terrence is is huge off of the bench now if you're going to tell me cole is going to come out and be able to give us you know anywhere from 12 to 16 points a night then i'll feel pretty good about that but until he proves that missing terrence off of the bench is is really going to be huge so I'm not overly confident with those guys out, but then again, I'm not overly confident with those guys in either. This season for me is I'm really hoping we see Markel take the next step. We see Bamba take the next step so that we have some confidence that maybe in a year or so he could be a starter in this league. And then we're just hoping that that Cole and Chuma have good rookie years. What about you guys? Yeah, I I agree. I think there's a lot of... uh... I would say the Magic are more like a wild card. I think there's a lot of questions. Uh, but from watching the young guys last night, I think we might have something in a few of those guys. Like um, Kennedy, I thought was really good. I think he can shoot. That's right. So I think that's that's something we could always utilize. Um, Jordan Bone, I liked his effort, man. I thought he was involved. Um, even when his shot wasn't falling, he wasn't scared to shoot. And I think for a long time, this team has or the players on this team have been afraid to, you know, to shoot and, and take take those moments. Um, so I think until midseason where we really gauge what we have with the young guys, it'll kind of be difficult to say, yeah, yeah well, we have a chance at the playoffs or no, this is a development. And with COVID, everything is going to be such a wild card this season. Like I was on a, on a podcast last night and we were talking about how COVID really has a big opportunity to like wreck some of these teams like if Giannis or or LeBron or something somebody like that comes down with COVID and I think right now the league rule is like they have to miss like a minimum of 10 days and then have like a certain number of negative tests like if Mm -hmm. if the top of the Western Conference is really tight and then all of a sudden you're losing LeBron for like five six games like that's a big deal that can shift the the landscape of the wet the top of the Western Conference right we could be looking at the same thing in the east you know if the Magic are fighting for uh you know, 10th or, or ninth seed in one of those seven, eight teams lose a couple of guys to COVID. You could see the magic just creep up to the seventh race spot. So this season, you could tell me anything's going to happen and I'll believe it. Yeah. You mix that with the opportunity of the play in tournament. You really have an opportunity to where we could be worse than last season, but we could still have that same opportunity in my opinion. And I know that this may not be something that everyone was here. I'm okay. If we don't make the playoffs to me, my most important thing is development from Markel Chuma and then Cole Anthony. Those three to me are, are it's in and we'll add Obama in there too. But those three for me are players that we need uh, to see a, a leap for us to be able to have faith. Cause we know that this team isn't going to be able to reach their, their maximum capacity without Jonathan Isaac. And he's out exactly. for a year. That's, and every, that's when the moment my mentality changed, Jonathan exactly. went down. I was like, next year's a wash. 
it, I, I honestly, and obviously it's not, we can't compare it to the same analogy, but not having Jonathan Isaac and us playing and developing our rookies kind of reminds me of, again, not the same analogy, but Golden State Warriors not having their main players. They're, they're having a sucky year. They get a really good draft pick, and then all of a sudden they have all their players back, and now they're going to be able to make that run. I kind of resemble that a little bit with us not having having Jonathan Isaac because even so the you're little me span, we're getting Cade Cunningham. Yeah, we're getting you know, we're getting all those players. Absolutely, like that. Right, right, that, right. That's 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 the idea. We're we're expecting a very very strong draft class, and anything that we get, any improvements from Markel, from Cole Anthony, from Obama, from Chumo Kiki, you add Jonathan Isaac to that group, and now you're looking at a completely different team um, going into next season. I meant Jalen Green. I know I said Jalen Brown. My colors get mixed up. <laughs> now, um, let, we're we're gonna get we're gonna get into a segment called pass or shoot, which is pretty simple, right? Passing if you decline, shooting if you agree, and then um, you're you're kind of making your case about it. So just going into the very first one of our pass or shoot, Nikola Vucevic. Do you see him being the MVP of this team this season? I'm gonna. Stay, I'm going to shoot. I think he's still the best player on the roster um, until Markel proves otherwise. Um, talk about Evan Fournier, Aaron Gordon. Those are guys, in my opinion, I don't know that they're going to be on the team the entire year. Um, specifically, Evan, I just, I'm sorry, Justin, I don't know that they're going to resign him. And if they're not, I, you got to get something for the asset, right? Um, outside of that, I don't see anybody that would really be able to play a significant enough role outside of like those four guys, Vooch, Aaron, Evan, Markel. Like, I think those are going to be like, the, the four main candidates for that. Um, I still think Vooch is, is the best player. If he can be anywhere near what he was in that Milwaukee series, it won't even be close. I completely agree. Yeah, I, th- I think if, if there's one more year where I think Nikola Vucevic is that yeah, guy for um, us, and I think once Isaac is back, Markel has one more year in him, that's when I will say, okay, I think J.I. or Markel will take over. But I think this 2020 season, 2021, it will still be Nikola Vucevic's year. I feel like it's been Nikola Vucevic's year for like the last 10 years since he's kind of been on the roster. We haven't had a better player on the team other than Nikola. It doesn't matter how frustrated you are with him. It doesn't matter if he's not the type of player for it. None of that matters. He's by far uh, the the best player on the roster. I remember a couple of years ago when I when I had read in an article that in the offseason that he was working on his um, shooting from behind the arc. I'm like, what are you doing? You have no business being out there. And that's probably one of the best things that he's ever done for his NBA career and his development. Right. So I, w- I would say I would say shoot as well. I wish he would shoot a few more corner threes. Obviously, it's a little bit closer, but that's a huge development in his game. Definitely. Yeah. Um, Markel Fultz will average more than 15 points per game. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to shoot. I think uh I think Markel's confidence obviously going into the first game of the preseason you you notice a difference and I think the majority of his struggles are going to come from his confidence. I think when he played here uh last year, I think a lot of times he wasn't capable or not capable, but he wasn't confident in his game, um especially coming off, you know, his shoulder injury. Um and so he deferred a lot and I think as you know, when it got to the end of the season, he was more comfortable driving in the paint, finishing through contact. And he realized, you know, I may not have the three point game available to me, but I'm strong enough to kind of bang with these guys in the paint. So let me contribute to the team in that way. I think Markel is super smart. Um, you know, his knowledge of the game is great. And I think he's one of those guys who can adapt to whatever is given to him as long as his confidence is there. Um, and because of that, I think Markel's going to average more than 15 points this year i'm going to shoot as well i think one main factor the shooting 
I think if he just makes a couple more threes a game and then just gets to the free throw line a little more often, which he should, play more minutes this season, he should definitely get there. Um, he averaged, what, 12 points last season. Again, playing very kind of reserved, playing only 25 minutes a night. When you add to that the fact that he should be averaging above 30 minutes a night now this season with better three-point shooting, getting to the line more often, I can definitely see that happening. So I'm going to shoot and say that he averages more than 15 as well. I think last season, last season we, we were just happy that he was on the court. This season, we're, we're really going to focus on seeing that production from him. He averaged 12.1 points a game last season. And that's him still kind of uh, being cautious of his shoulder. And he even said in a recent interview that, you know, he he's able to work this offseason without really thinking too much into it. He's still taking care of it as much as he needs to. But I think with all that out of the way, all the eyes off of him, that he I, I see no reason why he can't average 15, 16 points a game. If he averages more than that, then that's a bonus. But getting to that 15 mark, I think, is, is a definite um, something that we can definitely bet on. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, the only thing about Markel that I see is, uh, and it was evident even last night, is that he's very first, like, like a pass first guy. You know, I mean? like he is, he is looking really to get like the team the, the yeah. best available shot at any given time. And you saw that early, him giving it up to Evan, uh, you know, to Vooch, to, to Aaron, even to, to Dwayne. So I definitely think the he's definitely capable of doing that. Um, but in, what we've seen in recent years, it, well, really last year is the only example that we have, uh, we still saw that very Vucevic, Evan Fournier-centric offense, like a lot of the pick and roll they, they do and things like of that nature. However, Clifford came out last week and said Markel has been way more assertive in practice. He's been more vocal um, as a leader, as a point guard. So that makes me feel optimistic that he will get there. Um, I think if Markel was more of a guy like uh, maybe like a Damian Lillard or something like that, a guy who's just like, I'm looking to shoot first. Like, I believe that me shooting is the best option in this offense at all times. Markel is a guy that if he really wanted to, really even with a limited jump shot, I think he could get somewhere like 17, 18, 19 points a game. Now, if he's shooting the three at a, at a solid clip, I mean, the sky is really the limit for the kid. But this year, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say he probably comes in like right at about 15 points per game. Yeah, I, w- I would agree. I, I see that there's, there's nothing in the way stopping him from being able to reach that. Um, jumping into our next one, Chuma Okiki will become a starter at some point this season. Can we see Chuma Okiki get into the starting three in the starting lineup with the Magic some point this season? You guys want to take it? I'm not sure. I gotta. I need a couple seconds to think. I mean, I'm going to say probably at some point with COVID and everything like that, there's a large possibility that he will start. Um, whether that becomes like a, an everyday thing, I'm not really sold on that. Um, I think, you know, most of us would agree that he's like a three slash four, like somewhere in there. Um, we know James Ennis, Aaron Gordon, as of right now, are going to be the starters at those positions. The other thing that we know about Clifford is that he really likes to keep his rotations the same, right? So if something happens to our starting small forward or power forward, whoever that is at the time, if something happens to one of those guys so that he doesn't disrupt not only the first unit, but also the second unit, I could see him turning to be like, to like Gary Clark and be like, all right, Gary, you're going to start at small forward. And then we're going to keep Chuma in the second, you know, that second unit so that we don't done it before he, he's we've done, we've seen him do that countless times before. So I'm going to lean mostly no, but I think it's possible that he could get a few spot starts, you know, because of COVID and injuries and stuff like that. I wonder if, you know, that analysis on Clifford is, you know, who he is as a coach or if it was a byproduct of the lack of depth and talent that this team has had. Totally possible. Um, yeah. 
you know, and now, like, like I was saying earlier with the young guys, I think it's possible that he's more willing to try different things because he realizes that the skill level on the team has increased overall. Um, and because of that, I'm going to, I'm going to shoot. I think post all-star break, um, depending on Chumo Kiki's confidence, depending on how his knees holding up. Um, I think we could see a situation where he does become the starter for this team, especially since we don't have a, I want to say we don't have like a solid option at three, right? We had Ennis who started at the three last year. Dwayne Bacon looked good, you know, through game one, but the money is on Okiki. The front office is banking on Okiki. They, they drafted him, you know, when a lot of us reacted and we were like, who the hell is this guy? And, you know, we went on a rant before we actually looked up footage and we're like, oh, okay, Okiki can definitely play. And I think if his knee holds up, I think that's going to be the major indicator of what his role on this team is. So I'm going to shoot on that. I'm going to shoot as well. And it is going back to what, to what Jonathan said earlier. I think the Magic, unfortunately, may not be as competitive as last season, right? So if at some point we decide, hey, we're going to have to trade some of these dudes to get something back for them, this season all of a sudden now, it's all about next year. It's all about the draft. It's all about just playing the young guys. I think that's when you may see James Ennis maybe moved as well or simply, hey, let's get Chuma a, a bigger look to see what he looks like at the three. Um, so I think at some point we might see that happen if the team underperforms. Now, if the team is playing well and we're competing for that eight seed, seven seed, heck, six seed, hopefully, at that point I may see Clifford say, you know what, no, let's keep things how they are, tight, keep coming off the bench. So I think it'll depend on how the team performs this season. If we underperform, I can definitely see Chuma getting some minutes at the three or the four at some point and being a starter. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely shooting. I can definitely see it where he's he's starting, but I don't think it's because of um him playing above our expectations. I, I see a lot of things that are um it can happen. You our team's already struggling with injuries. All it takes is for Amina to be I, I have no confidence that he's gonna be able to play a whole entire season without re injuring himself again. Um uh, COVID being in the mix as well could impact that. So um, I, I think that he at one point will, um, but I just think that there's so many different variables that will allow it to happen that it doesn't just have to rely on him playing or exceeding his expectations. I don't think that will be a permanent role, but I do see him at least starting a couple games for us this season. Now, uh, and then we're just jumping into our final one. The Magic will win, win more than 32 games this season. I think I think I'm going to probably pass on that. Um just because 30 so 32 wins 72 win season that has us finishing basically like 32 and 40 um again i am in the camp that i fully expect the team to move on from evan fournier at, at the trade deadline just be like uh, uh, just a ton of reasons i don't think it fits into the team long term i think he's a very good player i'm not in the camp that think you know evan fournier sucks or anything like that um i think he's a really good player i think he as you know, a few other guys are miscast on this team. You know, I think most people would agree that Evan is probably best suited as like your fourth, fifth option, maybe even like a six man on like a championship team. Magic are nowhere near that, right? Um, however, moving on from him, if this team is let's say like 10, 12 games below 500 come the trade deadline, I could also see them shopping Aaron Gordon. It seems like every opportunity this team shops Aaron Gordon to see what they could get from him, right? And if the right return comes around, I could see them moving on from Aaron. Now, Aaron is still under contract for a few seasons, so if they decide we're just going to hang on to him for now and, and try to get another deal later on, you also can't fault them for that, right? Um, but I think this team, you know, just being stagnant, 
um, didn't get much better this offseason. And again, you look at other teams uh, like Atlanta, like uh, like Charlotte, like Washington, teams that we're going to have to play a decent amount this year. Um, they all got significantly better. Uh, and I would say each of those teams right now are Charlotte is probably the, the team that I'm, I'm not as sure on because I, I just don't know if Gordon Hayward is able to get to the same level that he was at, you know, four or five years ago. Um, but Russell Westbrook still has it right. He might not be an MVP caliber player anymore. Um, but Washington, just with the addition, whether they hung on to wall or now that they have Westbrook, they were going to get better putting someone else next to Beal. Right. With the Magic, I'm, I'm just not sure. Um, so I think 32 is probably like right right around where I'm at, where I think they'll end up. Um, if you are if you tell me they're going to win a few more games than that or a few less games than that, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shoot on it as um, – yeah, I'm going to shoot on it. I think the Magic win more than 32 games this season. I think a lot of it is going to be dependent on uh, that relationship with Fournier because, again, you know, as I've spoken about – countless of times on the zone bb the the problem isn't fournier's skill set right because when you compare his skill set to other shooting guards in the league and then even for the people who hate fournier you ask who's a better option most often times you can't get an honest response back right it's an emotional response so i think when you look at that you you realize that the problem is fournier's role on the team and if clifford 100 if clifford can have a discussion with him you know, especially with the young guys coming in and explain, hey, um, we can no longer have you as a primary offensive threat. We cannot we can no longer have you as a as a ball handler any any longer. We need you to kind of stand back, be a catch and shoot guy for us, you know, try to finish at the rim, things like that. I think Evan could definitely help this team succeed. Um, and because of that, I think he will adapt to that role this season um, and that'll help the team, you know, get more wins than than the 32. I think the number of games, total games in the season is going to be, you know, kind of impact that a little bit. Um, obviously, it's not going to be an 82 game season. Um, but I believe if the if the team does a good job at determining roles and players accept those roles and fit into them, I think this could be a 35 win team. And so I, I'm torn. I think that if we remain healthy and, you know, Aminu comes back and has the type of season he had for Portland a couple of years back. If the young guys get better as season goes on, if Vucevic has that Milwaukee Bucks series type of performance throughout the season, basically if everything falls... Well, then we're the one seed. 100%. Exactly. The one seed. If everything falls into place, no, I, can I'm see, just, I'm I can see this team doing well if everything falls into place. Number one, health. My concerns are I don't think that's going to happen. Due to COVID, it's, it's, a, it's a unique season, right? So many things can go wrong. So I'm going to say... I'm going to pass just because, again, I think things are going to, I just not going to fold the way that we want them to. And I think the team will underperform it at some point. Again, I do fully expect Fournier to be moved, possibly even AG at the deadline. So now our team will not be, you know, as talented. So now that win total will go down. Um, ideally, we're all Magic fans, right? We want to see our team in the playoffs, want to see our team do well. But like you guys said, I think this is a year where we understand as a front office, as a coaching staff, even the players. It's about development this season. It's a gap year while we wait for Isaac to come back. So I definitely think that that will impact things too as well. So in my mind, I think we win anywhere between 28 to 31 games, but we remain under that 32 mark. Orlando's going to re-sign Evan, and all of you guys are going to be upset, but they are. You're, you're right about that. You are at 100. <laughs> if, if that does happen, you are 100% correct, yes. I just don't see 
Evan being able to step back and, and like move to a different role on this team just because he's been a leader of this team for right. so long now. Um, I it, just, it doesn't I don't make sense for him to play a different role at the end of his con- – this is a contract year. He's already stated or it's been reported that he's had interest in other teams. Even if we wanted to re-sign him, I don't even see Evan Fournier staying with the team. But we're not getting off. We're not getting off subject. Can we talk about I, this man trying to sell a house that he literally just bought? Just bought. Can we yeah, talk there, about that? There's no. There's no way the dude is dying to wear a Sacramento jersey with oh, the number man. ten on it. <laughs> oh, like man. this. This dude is dying to get out of Orlando. And but at, at the end of the day, you're you're right. We have him playing an incorrect role, right? And yeah. him taking a step back. And reeling it back isn't going to help us get past 32 games. If anything, we need him to do more because right now we don't have that. Our only scorer at the moment is Nikola Vucevic, who is someone that you know that can go out there and give us 20 points on average per night. Evan Fournier depends on the day. Aaron Gordon depends on the day. It depends on their mood in the morning. We really don't know. And I think for us or Justin, I think that you're blinded at the fact that Evan oh, Fournier man. is is the key to the key to get into the card that's going to get us to the promised land of winning 33 games. I don't know. I don't know if you're right or not, but I doubt Evan's going to leave the Orlando of Florida for the Orlando of California. That doesn't really make sense to me. He's not going to go to Sacramento. Sacramento um, doesn't have Disney think, World, bro. Come on. <laughs> that's no, true. Playing. But playing. I don't know. I I. I I think it's a it's a touchy subject because I think Magic Twitter hates Evan and I think that brings Magic Twitter together just hating on Evan. It's warranted. Um, but if the <laughs> if the end goal is to win games, trading Evan doesn't help you do that. So I don't see what the point of that would be. The <laughs> the point of that would be to completely dismantle the the Eurobros and be able to have more pace, more ball movement, and the ball not getting stuck in the corner. But that's a different topic. But uh, so so moving on. We have um, a couple games coming um, in the next few in the next few days. So Sunday we have Hawks, Thursday the Hornets, and then Saturday the Hornets. What are your predictions for the next three games? So I think um, I think Atlanta will probably be pretty close, just like it was last night. Um, that's a team who's just added so much talent, like Bogdanovich, you know, Danilo Gallinari. They've got other guys that are hurt right now that aren't playing, you know, like Rondo. Right. Um, but I think that is a team that just, just needs more reps. Like they just need to play together more. I thought that was pretty evident last night. Um, so I think that game will be pretty close. Charlotte, man, I have, I have no idea. Like I, I'm very excited to see what LaMelo looks like on the court with like real NBA players and just kind of how he and Gordon Hayward are going to, you know, share the ball. And you got scary Terry over there still making just ridiculous amounts of money. So um, I don't really know. Uh, I think I think we'll probably end up being like three and one, two or two in the the preseason here. Um, if we beat you know Atlanta tonight, maybe we're looking at three and one. If we lose, maybe we're looking at two and two, one and three. I mean, it's preseason, right? Like it, it's really not that big of a deal. Um, I'm just kind of excited to see Lamelo and and see Gordon Hayward. Yeah, same thing. I think I think we like you mentioned. I think three and one, two and two. It's kind of what we finish. Uh, but for me personally, it's all about seeing the young guys. Again, I want to see Cole out there some more. I want to see Chuma get a little more minutes than he did last night. Um, I kind of like the rotation, though. I kind of like the, the first half you don't play. Second half, you kind of go all out and let him just feel confident saying, hey, I'm going to play this whole half. I was like, I was like, they're saying Chuma has a 14-minute limit. What is he just going to play the last 14 minutes of the game? And that's 
almost what he did. Yeah, yeah, that was weird. So he kind of split it with AG. But uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to that, to see the young guys. Um, and ideally, at some point, I would like to see maybe towards the end of the preseason, maybe Mo Bamba makes an appearance and just see what he looks like. Um, I don't think he'll miss the start of the season. I don't think it's that big of a deal what he has going on. Um, but I think I want to, again, just see the young guys. That, that, to us, I think is what the season is all about. And I want to see some of that here towards the next three games. During the preseason with the young roster we have, I think, you know, like like Al said, it's about seeing the young guys. Um, I think in this in the league today, the more you run, the more likely you are to win. Um, and I think that the Magic are kind of fitting into that a little bit more. Um, and that'll be interesting to see just how it progresses through the preseason. I don't think, even though last night's Hawks game was, like they said, spirited, you know, there was an actual effort to win. The Hawks were like, fouling with 10 seconds left on the in, on the clock in the fourth quarter uh there was an effort to win there and i think that's a byproduct of them not playing for as long as they have um i don't know i think it'll be it'll be interesting to see but i i do agree the two two three one is probably what we're looking at yeah it's it's preseason doesn't matter if they win doesn't matter if they lose the i'm sure the hawks the way that they viewed it even though they lost they still see it as a win because they were able to see certain players play and develop and whatnot uh, i think the same concept goes for us if we lose out the next three games cool if not you know it, it is what it is the most important thing is being able um is for cliff being able to go out and experiment on different rotations on and being able to get some runtime for for the new guys i think is really important because at the end of the day the the nikola vucevic aaron gordon has to get accustomed to playing with Cole anthony and chuma kiki and so on and so forth and vice versa so i i think that if we go two and two that's that's great for confidence but at the end of the day really really doesn't matter right yeah so um, let's wrap this up. Final thoughts. What are your final thoughts on the team? Um, I mean, gap year. I think Al kind of put that perfectly. It's a gap year. You know what I mean? I think it. there's a lot of pressure um, next year when Jonathan Isaac comes back. The thing that we have to remember is a lot of times it takes a whole year once you're back from an ACL to really be back. So um, hoping that he recovers really well. Hope we have huge years out of the young guys, Markel, Chuma, Cole, Mo Bamba, um, and just kind of let the chips fall where they may this year. Yeah, my final thoughts are I want to see Carl Anthony maintain that same dog mentality throughout preseason and throughout the season, man. I want him to not lose that confidence in shooting the ball, attacking the rim. He'll make mistakes. We know that. But, man, again, we haven't had a rookie with with this much fire in him in a while. Just simply a guy that wants to come in and, and make a difference and score the ball. I mean, I can't think of the last one. So I want Carl to keep that, you know, throughout preseason and throughout the entire season this year. Yeah. I mean, I agree. There's not much you can say for final thoughts. I think everybody's kind of hoping the young guys pan out. Um, I do want to see, I don't know his first name, but I do want to see Kennedy get some play time. I think he can crack the roster for sure. Um, but it's it's more so dependent on how much Clifford allows him to play. Uh, one, one of the things that stood out to me last night is that it felt like Cole Anthony looked a lot smaller on the court. Um, I than what I was expecting. Like he looked a lot shorter. From my understanding, and obviously I don't follow Trey Young like that, but I thought Trey Young is is standing at six foot three. Cole Anthony's listed at the same height, and he looks shorter than than Trey Young. So I, I think he's a lot shorter than what is originally reported and listed. 
I think more of it, and I kind of had like different, like sometimes I'm like, man, he's looked smaller than I thought. Other times I was like, oh, he looks a little bigger than I thought. I think what it is, is his frame. He's not as filled out um, as a, a lot of these guys that we're accustomed to seeing, but that will, that will come with time. But that's, that's hilarious. I was literally texting Luke that last night, like, yo, this guy looks smaller. And then two minutes later, I'm like, wait a minute. He actually looks pretty big. So I don't know. We'll get another look tomorrow. The good thing is that with even though he looked smaller, he was still throwing his body out there, trying to grab rebounds, taking into the lane, getting body contact. He was still doing all Fearless. those things exactly. So it's it's nice to see that that doesn't stop him from still trying to trying to play strong. Um, what I think that I'm dying for everyone to see because we didn't get a really good chance at seeing it last night is his athleticism. Like that one time that he takes it down the middle hard and he just slams it in because we know that he's capable of doing those things. I think that was um, probably the hardest things to watch last season with DJ Augustine is, is so quick with the ball and he's able to take the ball to the rack and he does really good at driving in. But his finishes, sometimes, you know, it, it didn't match it. We do have a player now that obviously is not the same height, but still small in size that can finish at the rim at the level that he's able to. So something that I'm excited to see. I think DJ led the league at guys getting to the rim yeah. and then just kind of wrapping yep, exactly. around the baseline and coming back out <laughs> exactly. and restarting the offense. <laughs> Anyways, Jonathan, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Um, nope. If you're able to totally share exactly pleasure, where it guys. is that everyone's you. able to follow and listen to your stuff. Yep. Um, so Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at Sixth Man Show, and then uh, podcasts like all just kind of all over the place. Wherever you listen to your podcast, you should be able to find us. I hope if not, let me know, and we'll see what we can do. But thank you, guys. Absolutely. Thank you for joining us. And that's a wrap for us. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Ozone Podcast, the voice of Magic fans. Be sure to visit our website, theozonepod.com. And remember to subscribe, rate, and leave a review on all your favorite podcast listening platforms.